0: Welcome to the Sermon podcast of Trinity Church in Caryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. Several years ago, we were in New York City at Christmas time. We were in Manhattan, and if you have never been there during this season, it's wonderful, it's magical, it's special. And I remember looking at my phone on a regular basis because the New York Knicks were in town playing in Madison Square Garden and I had always wanted to see the Knicks in that particular location play a game. And I'm trying to figure out how I can leave my family and extended family to go get a quick glimpse of the Knicks playing basketball. And I remember Vicki telling me that during the exact time when the game was to take place that we were going to see the Rockettes at Radio City Hall. I have seen the Rockettes on TV. I was not very excited about going to see the Rockettes. Wanted to see Radio City Hall but I was not interested in their Christmas special. So we went as a family. Our extended family was there. And for the first part, it was exactly what I expected, women kicking their legs up in the air and jingle belts. And it was very Christmas-oriented in terms of like a Christmas special you would see on TV. It was nice, but it wasn't the mix in Madison Square Garden. And then the show took a major turn in another direction. I had done no research on what this Christmas spectacular was. I wasn't expecting this. The turn that it takes was very Christ-centered and very Christ-oriented. And this caught me off guard to be in such a secular place in our nation. And without going into great detail, they do a live nativity. It's not, it's not exactly what you think, but it was incredible. It was unbelievable. And then the scream comes down and this professional actor with a professional voice reads a poem called The Solitary Life. And I want to read it to you. I want to read it to you this morning. He was born in an obscure village the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 when public opinion turned against him. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never went to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of these things, usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves while dying. His executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today Jesus is the central figure of the human race and the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. And I sat there in the Radio City Hall, overcome by what I had just seen. And the place broke out in applause. And some people sat there stunned. And as we were leaving as a family, you could see people with tears in their eyes. So what had been a silly, fun, Christmas spectacular had suddenly taken a hard right and had become a moment of worship where the people are faced with the realization that God has come to reconcile sinners with Himself. And that's what we see this morning in Luke chapter 2. God and sinners reconciled let's pray our Lord our God we thank you for this one solitary man who is greater than all the kings that have ever reigned put together greater than all the armies that have ever marched and greater than all the navies that have ever sailed God you are worthy of all the glory and all the praise because you have come for your people We praise you. May your words speak to us this morning. Set me aside, Father, as you speak the grace and truth of Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 2, a very familiar passage to us. The Christmas story told over. And over again, and I think as we look at it, there are three things we can see. There are many things we can see, but this morning there are three things in particular. One is heavenly, one is inward, the other is outward. And I want us to begin with that which is heavenly. Go back to verses 13 and 14 and notice what is taking place in our passage. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Heavenly host is the army of God. This is God's mighty army that substantiates His greatness and His power and His authority. I can't imagine what it would be like to stand before the heavenly host and feel the power and the weight of God's holiness and sovereignty expressed through them. Glory to God in the highest, they say, and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Notice that in 13 and 14, the heavenly hosts, the armies of heaven, they are praising God, they are worshiping God, because they, before anyone else, rightly understand the developing situation. That the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, is leaving the throne room of grace. He's leaving the perfection of the Father and the Holy Spirit in order to enter into our fallen, broken, filthy world to redeem us. And so they come before the shepherds and they are praising God because they understand in fullness what is happening at this moment. So when we realize that Jesus has come, the Christ child has been born to reconcile sinners us to God, our, our response should be heavenly in that we praise God and we give Him all the glory and we see this reflected in the heavenly host. But then, if you'll look at verses, well, if you would actually go back a chapter and look at verses 39-45, through 45, we get an opportunity in the Christmas story to see Elizabeth and John the Baptist's response. What is their response But when they become aware of the fact that God is coming to reconcile sinners to Himself? Verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. in the womb of Mary, enters into the presence of Elizabeth, she praises God for the news that is being revealed to her. And John the Baptist, who can't say anything in the womb, jumps for joy. When we realize that God has reconciled us to Himself, when we think about the Christ child coming to redeem us, it should move our heart heavenward. That it should produce in us a desire to worship our God because He has not forgotten us, because He loves us, because He cares about us. He longs for us to be in His presence. We are a part of His family. We are His children. Jesus is our older brother. So the Christmas season... Is a time of worship really all year? Is a time of worship when we stop and we reflect on the reconciliation that we have through the cross. I was opposed to God, I had sinned against God, I had rebelled from God, I have done things that I am ashamed of, I have done things that have wrong, been wrong. I do not seek God like I should. I do not worship Him like I should. I do not love His Word like I should. I'm not the father I should be. I'm not the husband I should be. I'm not the son that I should be. According to the Word of God, when understood properly and diagnosed correctly, I am a sinner through and through. And the Father pursues me. He comes after me. I was in Walmart the other day. It was crazy. That was a mistake. And this father lost his child. And I knew before a word came out of his mouth what was happening. Been there, done that, have the t shirt And he starts running around the toy section in a panic. He was so panicked he couldn't even call out his son's name. I saw it. And I began to look for him. I didn't even tell him, but I knew what was happening. And I just figured if I saw a child by itself, I would know. The panic continued to increase and he calls out his son's name and he calls out. And eventually he does find his son. And you could see the relief. I've been there searching for my son, seeking him out, trying to find him. Think about our Father in heaven pursuing us, seeking us out, coming for us, coming for us. I'm going to take on flesh and enter into this broken world, I'm coming for you. Urgently, I'm coming for you. And so my response, our response, the response of the people of God when we think about the reconciliation we have, is worship. Let us worship Him with all that we have. Number two, when we think about God and sinners reconciled, our response is heavenly. Our our response is also outward. It's evangelistic. Here are verses 16 through 18. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them to me that's fantastic and it's often an aspect of this story that you don't hear that the angels appear to the shepherds the shepherds go to Bethlehem the shepherds worship Christ the King but then they leave and they tell everybody about it and so if we have manger scenes at home Maybe on the 26th, we need to take the shepherds and put them on another side of the house and say they're telling people about Jesus. Because that's what they do. They have been transformed by the realization that God is coming for mankind. And so they make it their urgent business to tell everyone. Now we understand according to the Gospels that people had a hard time coming to the realization of what it was that they were talking about. Again, later on in the Gospels, Jesus' own family didn't fully understand who He was. They thought He was crazy. But at this moment in time, in this Christmas story, the shepherds are going to other people and they're saying, you're not going to believe this. The heavenly host have appeared before us. God has told us that He has come in the flesh in order to reconcile mankind to Himself. He's in Bethlehem. And He's a baby. You need to hear this. This is life changing. God has come to transform you. To bring you to Himself. To cleanse you from your sins. To give you a new heart. This is is the greatest story ever told. Because of this solitary baby in a manger. So the shepherds should be an encouragement to us at Christmas time that we should not contain this story to ourselves. It's something that we have to tell other people. This is unbelievable good news about a king who is inviting you into his kingdom and he is going to perfect you and all things and reconcile them to himself. Who doesn't need to hear that Who doesn't need to know that? So, the question often is, or the question I've wrestled with as I've been looking at this text this week is if we're not excited about this and we're not telling others, how much has it transformed us? How much has the gospel of grace transformed our hearts if we're not willing to tell others? It's something I've wrestled through this week. And I know that I am not as outward facing as I should be about the good news of the Gospel, but within the story lies the cure. That it is the Christ child who redeems us and saves us and changes us. And so Lord, help me this season amidst this story that belongs to me as a child of God. Help me to be excited about the good news. Give me a greater desire to tell others. Give me a greater desire to share goodwill towards men. It's heavenly. Is outward. It's also inward. It's also inward. What is our response to the great news that God and sinners are reconciled? We have great joy. Look at verses 10-12. through 12. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of mediocre joy. Of average joy. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The good news of the gospel of grace, the good news of Jesus, of the child born in the manger, of the child born in Bethlehem, a Davidic king who is fulfilling the Davidic covenant, who is fulfilling all the promises that God has made in the Old Testament, this good news should create in you a great and overflowing and overwhelming joy. Joy. You are a sinner who has been reconciled, it has been made right. It's convicting because I begin to realize that most of the time, I'm stressed with all that I have to do. And I realize that there are issues in my life that sometimes turn my attention away from the fact that Jesus has come for me. And so I begin to think about other things on a very consistent basis that are often not joyful and what it does in turn is produces in me a less than joyful spirit and when i come to luke and i come to chapter 2 and i have to wrestle with the text the holy spirit begins working in me and says hunter you need to stop and you need to realize what i've done for you and that's unbelievable that He has given me a new heart, that He has given me a new life, that He has allowed me entrance into the Kingdom of God, that although we only see it in part right now, one day the Kingdom in all its fullness will belong to me. The cross of Jesus Christ, the empty tomb, when I understand it correctly, overwhelms all the issues and struggles and problems in my life. I belong to the High King of Heaven. Think about that. You belong to the High King of Heaven. He is your Father. And He cares for you. So much so that His Son came for you. It's a heart adjustment for me. And I ask the Holy Spirit to take this text and to change me. To take my heart and to work on it. To fix it. That I need this Christmas joy right here, right now, but I need it all year long. I need the Holy Spirit to work in me. To help me understand the joy I have. A joy that the world cannot fully understand. Trust me on that. And that that joy will be with me every step of the way, even as we talked about many weeks ago, even through the valley of the shadow of death. That the light of Christ is ever before me. Let me encourage you with something else. This is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus." Now notice this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Goodness! Father, give me the joy of this Christmas season and the Christ child who has reconciled sinners to You. Give me this joy. Help me understand that He endured the cross Why? For the joy that was set before Him. What? Wait a second, what? That Jesus leaves the presence of the Father and He comes to drink the cup of wrath, to take our eternal punishment on the cross. Joy set before Him. Jesus was willing to do that for us because it was joyful for Him to obey the will of God knowing that through obedience, through the cross, through drinking the cup of wrath, through taking our punishment, that He would become our older brother. And that He could present us spotless as a present to the Father. So for that joy, He experienced hell on earth. What joy He has for us. What a present. What a solitary child. What a solitary man. May our hearts this Christmas season have the joy of Christ burning like the bright star within us. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank You that we can come and worship You and praise You. That we can know You. That we can, through Your Word, understand the grace that You extend to us and the mercy which is new every morning. Oh God, thank You for Your love. Thank You for Your acceptance. Thank You for Your forgiveness. May it produce worship in our hearts, a joy that cannot be controlled. And Father, may there be within us an excitement to tell others about who Your Son is and what He has done for us for the joy set before Him.